Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Spotlight Series. I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage. Every Tuesday on the regular Nonprofit Mastermind podcast, I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching and leading a high-impact nonprofit. This spotlight is a special weekly series on Thursdays in which I showcase and celebrate the organizations in my Impact Accelerator program. I lift up their mission, their work, and their personal stories of leadership. I started the Accelerator because I believe that one of my purposes in life is to work for and support efforts leading to positive social change. The organizations that apply for and join the Accelerator are truly changing our world, and it continues to be such an honor and joy for me to aim my experience, my passions, and my resources at helping them grow their revenue and their impact. This series is my celebration of them. In this week's conversation, I am talking with co-leaders of an organization that I've had the pleasure of knowing for a number of years, Rags Bruland and Michael Ari of Flex Dance Program. Rags and Michael founded Flex Dance Program as a response to the problem of mass incarceration. They wanted to tap into the expansiveness and movement of dance as a way to help young people, especially, see beyond a system that can always feel stuck. Their organization, through programs and community partnerships, offers young people not just safe and engaging ways to spend their time. They are also creating a powerful and inclusive community that embraces young people and gives them a cultural home rooted in self-expression and joy. In this conversation, we talk about their own personal relationships to dance and to flex dance in particular, and about how that deep personal connection helped them see dance as a vehicle for wider impact and broader social change. It's a beautiful and powerful origin story and a beautiful and powerful vision for change. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Rags and Michael, how are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I have been talking in various forms and ways to you two for years now at this point. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and to really showcase and celebrate the amazing work that you guys do. Um, so let's dive in. Thank you. I yeah. Would, yeah, I'd love to start with, tell us about your mission. Tell us about what your organization does and, and the kind of change you're trying to create in the world. Yeah, so we started in 2014 bringing free dance mentoring sessions to youth in detention centers. So the main problem we're trying to solve is mass incarceration. Um, so it's about, I think, also since COVID, uh, it's still high numbers of youth who are being detained every year. Um, and yeah, we, we provide free dance uh, mentoring sessions such as uh, dance classes and events. Um, because really what we saw when we started volunteering um, was that there was so much talent, and but then so little support um, for the arts. Um, so the way we see it um, in the program is that art can be a part of the solution to this problem. And, you know, um, uh, it's sort of like a movement um, to maybe a system that feels stuck sometimes. 
So I love that imagery, right? You talk about incarceration, mass incarceration, bars fixed, small spaces tight, cramped. And, you know, I've seen a number of the videos and, and the work that you guys done have done and, and dances about movement and expansiveness in space. I love that. Mm-hmm. Is that why dance um, as opposed to other forms of art as a, as a response to or an attempt to sort of break through this issue of mass incarceration? Yeah, so dance is a very personal thing to me uh, as well. So uh, during adolescence, I I really um, found dance to be a way to express things that I wasn't able to express uh, verbally. Um, so it's it's you know obviously dance is linked to music. So sometimes we see a lot of youth who are also talented in music. So it's kind of mixed mixed um, sessions sometimes. But yeah, we mostly focus on on dance and, and particularly flex dance, which is a style of dance that originated in Brooklyn um, in the 90s. And uh, it originated from dance hall. So it's more of a street style dance that um, youth are attracted to. And it's, it's more um, on sort of dance battles and events. Um, yeah. So yeah, Michael, if you want to add to to something that I'm saying, please do. <laughs> yeah, but would, yeah, uh, it's. I would, I would, um, I would double down and say that for us, dance is the key. Um, the the change is true, um, specific to um, mass incarceration and the fact that there's a disproportionate amount of black and brown um, youth um, in Brooklyn um, at the detention center and also, you know, in in, in Manhattan, but also just in the nation, right? So that's speaking to um, bigger ideas of white supremacy and, um, you know, um, Black Lives Matter, things that we're not fully responsible or trying to tackle, but our aspects of it is, you know, these, well, like 5,000 youth um, that are sent to juvenile detention in New York um, every year um, and dance is the prescription um, for us to give them something to do um, a way of staying occupied but more importantly building a community that will give them um, and lead to like um, lead to alternatives um, that are different than the ones that are currently um, facing them because in our minds um, none of them belong where they are Um, so if we can um, use dance as a tool and like rag says specifically flex dance because um, our own personal history is um, as dancers and then also um, as, you know, people who are fans of and also friends of the flex dance community in Brooklyn. So that's why we specifically um, lead without dance style by the end of the day it's a matter of movement it's about you know knowing yourself through dance and dance is universal i also think dance is particular mm-hmm. to our community um personally and at large um so um if the problem is mass incarceration our solution is like um dance and don't go to jail i love mm-hmm. that and so do you do your programs work with young people as they come out of detention? Do you also work with young people in detention? What's your relationship with young people and incarceration? Yeah, so we started uh, just 
providing the free sessions inside attention because um, the way I, I was introduced to Flex 2 was that we saw, you know, it was already uh, a lot of work that was being done in the community, but not in these secure detention centers. So then we started bringing those sessions and family days and events in detention. But then uh, it was um, some requests from the youth to do an outreach program and also from ACS to do an outreach program. So then we de developed the model Flex In, Flex Out. Uh, yeah. And then... Right. And then since since COVID, uh, interestingly, we've been doing online sessions and reaching a lot of youth all over the world. So then the Flex World came also like a part of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, much of our work is sort of to link and br build bridges, bridges between um, uh, all these programs mm -hmm. and uh, providing youth um, um, internship opportunities and incentives is a big part of it as well. Um, so, but, but predominantly is sessions and events on a consistent basis and then, um, yeah, scholarships or, or incentives for youth to, to be a part of sessions and, and help with events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And Michael, you talked about community and, and one of the purposes or driving, um, sort of forces in flex dance in particular being what you guys focus on this idea or sense of community, how do you guys work to foster that sense of community, either both within your programs and between your programs, as Rex was saying? Yeah, I think for us, community is really just about um, being present, um, as, mm -hmm. as small as that might seem, because um, our, our power and our effect is um, very um, physical and in the moment. So when we talk about community building, we mean just people dancing. It's really as simple yeah. as that. It's we, we, wherever we see people dancing, it's it's a key to us as to our mission and what we want yeah. to see in the world, not just for the kids in juvenile detention by large. So as far as community building, we've done it all over New York. We, we, we ran sessions where we did happy hours in um, the Lower East Side with like virtual um, reality where, um, you know, young professionals who yeah. also need this kind of, you know, relief and That's also it. think like Stance is amazing would show up and they would do that. Um, but for our youth, yeah, um, there's been a little bit of a disconnect between the youth that we meet in detention mm -hmm. and the youth that we serve out of detention. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, it's a singular process in which they get out, they find us. But the model now for us is just we are here in detention and we're here in your community. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've worked with Neon. Um, Carnegie Hall has a program. So we've, we've been in different communities mm -hmm. for a large period of time. That's a period where we have PJAC, which is um, the main, um, how do you call it, um, community center in East New York. Mm -hmm. uh, so just being... A, a physical space to share with students and be mentors, but additionally trying to strengthen that with relationships with other people in the community that are doing that work. In the beginning, we were doing a lot with um, Save Our Streets, where we're going out to... Because one of the things that is starting to become more and more clear to me now is the idea of gun violence being very linked to the work that we're doing. Because on our end, we want the kids to not be in juvenile detention, but as far as everyone else is concerned, the problem is violence, problem is crime, and disproportionate. Unfortunately, our students are the ones in that bracket. So it is very real that when we say come dance, we mean that for the dancers who come from Crown Heights, Brownsville, East New York specifically, to have a center 
um, during a time where they might be obliged to go do other things to build a community of people where they can keep dancing because they have a joy for it and to grow in that light. So I guess that's what it comes down to when we say community. That's really powerful. So it's not just sort of as simple as, hey, we're giving you this alternative way to spend your time. It's we're inviting you into a community, into a new home, into a space that is filled not just with other people who are also dancing and also learning, but it's filled with, you use the word joy, right? So there's a, there's a pull that's happening that you're hoping is happening with the, with the young people away from these things that could result in them being sent back to detention or being sent to detention. So how did you both come to be doing this work? I mean, Rags, you mentioned you were a dancer. Uh, Michael, were you also a dancer? It's just, it's such a particular intersection of issues for you to have dedicated your life in this way too. I'd love to hear your own personal journey to this point. Yeah, I think for us um, and for me personally, it's, it's, it's purely personal, you know, um, everyone has an idea. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> as to, you know, the decisions they make. Um, and I have to say, I only had one big dream in my adult life and that was to live in New York city and to ride a bicycle. Uh, I I have achieved that in order to do that I had to leave like a job and go to grad school and do some other jobs and do a whole lot of things but at the end of the day um, Rex is an old friend um, an old friend through a mutual friend um, from Paris before I moved to New York Um, we went to grad school together and I think in 2015 um, she saw the movie um, the movie's Flexus Kings Um, it came out um, 2014 Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Sundance film. Rags are the same way that I saw the billing for, but she was actually already in the detention centers because she was working um, with, I believe, um, youth um, that might have been autistic or just in general. She was doing yoga with lineage projects in the detention yeah. center. So when dance, she came dance, to me, dance yoga. Said, <laughs> I've seen this movie and I've met these, um, these dancers. Would you like to get involved? For me, like life is about things you do for others so it was, it was natural it was given um i'm from ghana my, my my dance background is all my life you know i wasn't trained in flex dancing and it's a surprise because of all the years i've been around them i would not consider myself a flex dancer and that's out of respect because yeah. it's very easy to come on board yeah. and say hey i want to learn this i want to learn that but I came on board <laughs> in reverence of these guys who spend their whole lives training this art form. Yeah, building to, like, the skills. Make yeah. a kink and have a real relationship with these students because they come from the same communities, right? So for me, as a dance lover and a dance practitioner, that's secondary to the idea of me being of service um, and walking this personal path, you know, with my friends and, you know, making this change in the world. So that's what it comes down mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah, same for me. I wouldn't consider myself a flex dancer. I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, still, like it's um, you know, I I moved to New York when I was 17 for dance, but it was musical theater, which is a very different style of dance. Very different. And then, <laughs> and then uh, I got introduced to other styles of dance. I mean, my dance um, trajectory has always been, you know, New York is the mecca of arts and dance. So I always was curious to to learn more, and then. Uh, I got introduced to Flex through the movie and then started going to the events. And then I started learning more about the style and getting to know the people. Uh, and 
yeah, and then we started as a volunteer um, project, you know, and and it's still a learning process with a, with a lot of this nonprofit development, mm-hmm. and uh, it's definitely, um, you know, we're on our eighth year now as mm-hmm. far as like doing the f- the free sessions and 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 doing the work, but it's still we're still very much in the beginning phases of a lot of things, so. I feel like that's life. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. you've, you've made progress and you look back and you see how far you've come and then you look ahead, you're like, oh, wait, there's still so much to learn. <laughs> so far to go. Very much. Yeah. So tell me about what's coming. Um, what's coming next for you guys? What's coming in the coming year that you're building towards and really excited about? We're, I'm excited. We're excited about uh, now since COVID is, um, you know, it's starting to become a little bit easier to do in-person stuff again. So building partnerships, uh, collaboration uh, with with other uh, organizations doing similar work. And uh, like Michael said, really pinpointing some of the issues that we have seen uh, with, with building those bridges, right? So um, uh, really trying to, to raise funds to do more as far as one-on-one mentoring, doing more research, tapping into what the youth actually need when they do come home, um, you know, what kind of incentives um, and support is needed um, in order to practice uh, 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 creative um, activities, you know, and, 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 you know, so I think um, now we're we're still being consistent with the sessions, but we're mostly focusing on partnerships and and ex- also excited about um, a session we're doing every Friday in Bed Stuy at a community center in partnership with NEPCO. Um, so really excited to build that and bring people continue to bring people together uh, through dance. Are there certain kinds of partnerships that you have found to be particularly powerful in reaching the young people that you want to reach and and forming the kind of community that that Michael's talked about? Yeah, so um, in the past, we we partner with Friends of Island, uh, doing some sessions, um, mostly in the tension and also drama club. Uh, They're doing more um, uh, theater-based, but... Uh, we've been talking about doing joint workshops at Rikers because we were doing also sessions at Rikers uh, with the young people at some point, uh, but continuing to collaborate and doing that work. And I know Drama Club um, and and Man Up at, uh, at PJAC and they're they're working both in and out, so they have sort of similar model. Um, so working uh, with so puppets that have similar models work with similar populations, and you bring. Yep. The- Flex dance perspective, and maybe they bring theater. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah, we have an exciting um, opportunity to perform um, at the um, National Action Network um, convention in April, which is just next month. But the National Action Network is um, Reverend Al Sharpton's um, national organization that is born out of you know the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, like those are the kind of partnerships that we're interested in, right? It's a matter of who else um, is working out for these um, 5,000 young brown and black kids that are, so to be honest, the state of New York is and will remain our biggest partner, right? Whether we 
we're <laughs> their favorite, um, you know, <laughs> vendor or whatnot. It's, it's not the case where the idea that these 5,000 kids go through that system. And, you know, it's either we meet them at the detention center, mm-hmm. the centers, or at schools before mm-hmm. we can ever bring them into our community. So the city um, principally is our, our partner. Um, other community organizations with similar works in Brooklyn. Um, I think for us, what's exciting is to one day be able to say that for these kids in Brooklyn, we are the ones. We're the ones who are looking after them. We're the ones who know about their condition. We're the ones who can turn to when you're looking for stats about juvenile justice in New York. And we're the ones that people like understand. Because right now, if you do, let's say, put a hashtag or crossroads or horizons, you're not going to find too many individuals or organizations that are coming up besides us because we've done it for five years. So we want to just take it from there and be like, these, hey, hey. these are the kids that we are here for and who else is going to make that a bigger movement such that like, you know, um, it's, it's a different story for these kids who maybe they do find themselves at these centers, but immediately realize that there's a whole bigger world out there and the flag dance program is the most exciting thing they could be part of. And it's not just, you know, fun to dance, but that they can come dance in that style and meet other people just like them in their community. Um, and yeah, just to deal with some of the trauma that we all deal with as, you know, Black, non-Black women, whoever else is marginalized within the system. I would also add, I would also add the new school because uh, the new school and the Institute for Transformative Mentoring has been a huge support for um, the teaching artists and providing trauma-informed uh, programming um, mentorship uh, certification. So that's also been a great partnership that we're continuing uh, to provide sort of professional development and support uh, wellness um, each semester. So where can people go to get involved, to join your community, to support your work, to, to help you help these young people? I would First, go to our website and sign up for the newsletter because we're excited to launch a new campaign, Band Saves uh, 2022 in April. So it's Love a lot that. of information that's coming. Yeah. It's coming with that. Um, and then also social media. Mike, you can you can give the handles for that. Um, uh, right? Instagram, uh, flex in, flex out, flex in, underscore flex out. Um, yeah. to follow that channel. That's the main channel, right? <laughs> yeah, the main word for us is champions. We're looking for flex champions. All that means is that you champion the work we do, that you're a lover or an appreciator of dance, you know? So we have a few hashtags going, it's dance safe, it's spread love, um, and it's just dance. So we're just encouraging you. If you do understand or believe in our mission to tap in this way. We have a full schedule, something for everyone, literally for everyone. If you're a youth, you can come to a Saturday Cypher. If you're a, a young professional, you can come to a once monthly community event and um, that's the, you know what I mean? So there's something for everyone. And more importantly, we want to build these linkages with a full ecosystem of people who are looking out again for these kids in this community. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to other dance groups, when it comes to other like pro-black centered organizations, advocacy groups, we want to learn what they're doing and we want to invite all of you to join that as well. So it's like, we're all here for these kids and we're all Flex champions. You can follow us, Flex Dance program, uh, Flex in underscore Flex out, specifically for program related content. 
Because one of the things we realize is that like Brooks has this affinity and this attachment. There's the people that just need to know what you're doing and the people who need dance content. So we created a space for everyone. And like I said, just be a flex champion, follow us, join us, presence is everything. If you happen to go on our website or Instagram and you see that we're having an event, don't be shy, Um, but also book us. We want to be ubiquitous. We want to be around all summer. If it's a um, your your grandfather's 75th birthday, if it's <laughs> if it's a, a rally, whatever it is, three dances for three hundred dollars. We'll show up for an hour and a half and just make sure everyone has fun because that's the one thing that we always guarantee. We've been in so many different settings and no one's walked away being like, "Wow, that wasn't fun." So that's really <laughs> what we're hoping you. <laughs> Presence, community, fun, joy. I love that. What a great, <laughs> what a great place to, to, to wrap up. Thank you guys for sharing. It was so great talking to you guys here. I will make sure all of the information that you just shared, Michael, and the website regs that you shared are in the show notes. And as always, I have enjoyed talking with you too. Have a great day. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think what we talk about here, the trainings and the guests and the conversations could benefit another leader in your life, I'd love if you would leave a review and share with your friends. If you want to take the next step and begin to put into practice what we talk about on this podcast, I've created a toolkit where I collect and share downloads from many of our conversations. It's got templates, worksheets, and references to help you execute on what we talk about here on The Mastermind. There's lots of great stuff, and I add to it almost every week. You can download it at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit. I also want to share another free resource for leaders of growing nonprofits. It's a free training. It's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. The four questions you need to ask to know if your nonprofit is really ready to scale. Growing an organization doesn't happen by accident, as we all know. You have to take the right strategic steps at the right time to avoid overwhelm and burnout And that horrible feeling that so many of us have had as you watch the work of your organization outstrip capacity and sometimes even funding. It's almost impossible to reverse engineer good growth. And by that, I mean growth that can be sustained over time just by looking at what you think you see in other organizations. So in this free training, I help cut through all the noise and... I identify the four simple questions that, if you really engage with them and think about them, will tell you when you're ready to grow without frenzy, without overwhelm, and with the confidence that you're making the right moves for your organization. You can access the training at richiebabbage.com backslash ready to scale. Finally, if you'd like more leadership resources and strategies in your life, sign up for my weekly newsletter, Leadership Forward 321. Each week, I curate and share three articles, two resources, and a quote on a theme. You can get that at richiebabbage.com backslash leadership forward 321. That's all for now. Have a great week, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.